This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. When opening a brewery, you are always faced with a number of challenges. But opening a brewery in a fairly remote community is a whole other level of difficulty. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting, I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers and what sets them apart from the rest, and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. If you're enjoying this podcast series, please feel free to share and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. For more information, you can visit us at cascadian.beer. I've traveled all over Cascadia in this series, but this is the furthest north I've been so far. I'm in Smithers, BC, a community with a population around 6,000. I wanted to know the challenges of opening a brewery so far north and what the community's response has been. So I stopped in and spoke with Smithers Brewing Company. My name's uh, Cam McKeegan, and I am part owner and head brewer at Smithers Brewing Company here in Smithers, BC. What an amazing name. How did you come up with that name for this brewery? (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Well, Smithers, like I've lived in the north for a little while, and I, I was a tree planter in the north well before that. And Smithers is one of the few towns that I had heard of before I moved up here or like came up here to, to plant trees. Yep. A few people who have lived in Smithers their whole lives have echoed that same sentiment. It's for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's because it shares the name with a famous Simpsons character. I do it all the time watching the evening news when they do the weather report. Every time the weather person says Smithers, I just go Smithers. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. You get that down. Even, even Great Canadian Beer Fest down yeah. in Victoria, people come up and they're like, so why didn't you name it Gay Butler Brewing Company? Yeah, like, uh, there are a whole bunch of reasons why we didn't name it Gay Butler Brewing Company. But um, yeah, I, the, the guys, my, my partners, Blaine uh, Etsby and uh, Aiden Bennett and, and Sasha Hillbrand, real great guys in the community, really well known, really well respected, really well connected. Mm-hmm. By the time I sort of was the guy who was going to be on board in this project as far as production was concerned, they had already trademarked the name Smithers Brewing Company. And so that's the only name I've ever known it as. And it's mm-hmm. the name that that they wanted. And, you know, the more that we're open and the more that we see that it, this really has become a hub in Smithers, the more it's like, you yeah, know, that makes sense. So is this the first brewery in Smithers then? No, no. Technically speaking, we're the third brewery in Smithers. Okay. The first brewery in the North 
opened up in, it was 2011 or 2012. It was called Plan B Brewing and it was here in Smithers. Right. And then through, you know, various series of events, the the partners decided it wasn't worthwhile to continue. And mm-hmm. uh, they sold a lot of their equipment to Wheelhouse Brewing right around the time that Wheelhouse was getting going in Prince Rupert. Mm-hmm. And it sat, it sat there and was used very heavily there to make beer for Wheelhouse for a number of years. And then a fellow named Dave wanted to open up a brewery here in town as well. And he did just that. He opened up Bulkley Valley Brewing and he bought a lot of Plan B's old equipment and brought it back to Smithers right. from Wheelhouse, where I was working at Wheelhouse at the time and they had just upgraded their system. So they're trying to offload all their old stuff. Right, right. But uh, at that time, the you know my partners and I, we were already full steam ahead, pun somewhat intended, as I sit here staring at our steam brew house. <laughs> yep, yep into opening Smithers Brewing Company. And so technically speaking, if we're going to go strictly by opening date and not inception date, because inception date, you get into a bit of a quagmire of no, whose yeah. idea it was first. Uh, but if we're going strictly by opening date, we're the third brewery in Smithers and the second operational brewery in Smithers. All right. And so then my favorite question is, how did beer find you? Um, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I can be fairly long-winded, so I'll try and keep it, try and keep it a little moderate. Go as long as you want, sir. <laughs> Uh, my, my dad used to make, uh, homebrew in his basement when I was little, like very, very little, uh, just, you know, from the little Cooper's kits that you'd buy in the grocery store. I know them well. And, you know, I, you know, I, I did and still do idolize my dad. And so I wanted to help, right. You know, like this little four-year-old kid wanted to help. So he'd let me start the siphon when he would, when Mm -hmm. he would bottle the beer. And I, I, according to him, I wouldn't let go of the siphon all that easily. Mm -hmm. So I guess even at that age, I kind of knew beer was for me, but, um, uh, the real sort of truth of the matter is, um, I moved, I'm from Southern Ontario, but I moved to Victoria in 2007 to go to school. Mm. And 2007 was a big year in Victoria for craft beer. Just a little bit. And as was 2008, 2009, 2000, you know, 10, when, when I was going to school in Victoria and no doubt in Vancouver too, around that time where I'm sure you went over for a weekend or two. Oh yeah. Every once in a while you'd rip over for a Canucks game or whatever. And you'd be like, Oh, Hey, there's 16 new breweries all of a sudden. (laughs) We got our work cut out for us. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, you know, the, the real pioneers in, in Victoria, like Phillips and Driftwood and Hoyne and Spinnakers and Vancouver Island Brewing. And if anybody of, in Victoria is listening and I've left you out, I, I, I apologize. Got to give a shout out to Swans then. Swans. Absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was just them. You know, you, you would go, you'd go out to the liquor store with your buddies and you'd buy your 15 pack or whatever swill you were drinking. And there'd just be this, this ever increasing section of these bombers of beer that you're like, what is all of that? Like maybe, I mean, you know, you look at it and you're a poor student. You're like, Hmm, seven bucks for one beer. Hey, eh? I don't know. But that I, I remember the first time that I, I was like, yeah, that one sounds good. I'll try it. It was, it was Phillips. It was their longboat double chocolate Porter. I don't even know if I had turned 19 at this point. I just had a really good fake ID and, uh, okay. <laughs> and I, I picked it up and I was like, Oh my God, this, beer can taste like this. This is incredible. This is, how did they do this? This is magic. And so every time the liquor store after that, it was still buy your 15 pack of nonsense because, you know, like I'm still a poor student, but. And it's the weekend and there's a party going on. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, But uh, while you're at it, grab one or two of those bombers and drink those first when you get to that party. Yeah. 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 And then you're really cool with your friends because then you offload the cheap beer to them. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Pro tip for anybody. <laughs> That's right. Any, make sure you're 19 before you do it. I do not condone underage drinking. Yes. And while you're at it, do it responsibly too. That's right. Yeah. And even if you are over 19, you know, maybe 15 in one night's not a great idea. Just saying. Yeah. That all said, uh, it wasn't until I moved to Vancouver 
like I, I finished my time at UVic in 2011, did some bouncing around both like the, the continent continent and over in Europe for a bit and, uh, moved to Vancouver after a tree planting season in 20, I guess it was 2014. I lived in a matchbox apartment with a really, really good buddy of mine. And we were both craft beer enthusiasts and we lived uh, four blocks away from an incredible liquor store. Um, and it just, there's all, we were always going to the liquor store and picking up one or two bombers each mm-hmm. and splitting them, you know, yeah. like it, we were, you know, we were responsible adults at this point. So, no. uh, but it's always nice to share too. It's oh, always absolutely. better sharing. Oh, yeah. beer is, beer is only is best when shared. But, um, uh, at one point I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try my hand at doing this. And and I went home to St. Catharines was where I'm from in, in Ontario. And I talked to a brewer at a, at a brewery there at Silversmith Brewing. Uh, my sister was working there at, at the time. And I just kind of, I was expressing a little bit of like, uh, I guess apprehension for the idea of, of brewing beer. I'd made cider mm-hmm. in my apartment for a while. I'd made mead. This, this all started when I started making mead because I'd never had it before. And it was like easier to get my hands on honey and brewer's yeast than it was to find a meadery. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I need, so you hand someone a glass of mead that you've made and no one's had mead before. So no one's got an opinion, right? No yeah. one's like, oh, this is a fine mead. No one knows what they're talking about. No. But beer, everybody's got an opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you're going to go straight from the grain, which is what I decided to do, I didn't want to do extract. I like the, it has so many more variables that you have to consider and so many more ways it can go wrong. And surprisingly math. Oh yeah. A lot of math, a lot of chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of microbiology. Yeah. And which uh, you didn't go to school to study at all. I, I have a, I have a chemistry, uh, minor. Okay. I have a chemistry minor. So uh, yeah, that was part of prior to uh, the mic turning on. I mentioned I had a history major. So uh, people come in and they're like, where did you learn how to brew beer? I'm like, oh, the internet. Like, yeah. What'd you go to school for? Uh, European military history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a chem minor. Right. So I can understand that part of it. The micro buy is where I start to go like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the, the brewer at Silversmith to get back to the original train of thought, he just, he's like, just do it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, some like sour beer yeah. <laughs> that, that you didn't want to go sour. Yeah. 23 liters of it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, to hell with it. I, you know, I did. And so uh, I, I went and I got all the equipment I needed to brew all grain, you know, dropped a few hundred bucks and uh, brewed my first batch of beer. And uh, it was awful. It, yeah. was really, it was really bad. It was a porter. I put every single specialty malt that you can think of into it. Cause I'm like, ah, you know, like the more, the first time you, you cook, you it's know, it's going to be more special. That's right. That's right. The first time <laughs> yeah. you try and cook a meal at like 15 years old and you're just like, I'm going to put all the spices in it. And, yeah. and it's just, it, it, yeah. Anyway, but you know, it wasn't awful enough to give up entirely. And so I did some research and tweaked it and it was, you know, less awful, but still mm-hmm. pretty bad, but there was improvement every batch. And it got to a point where after, a little while it was like, Oh wait, Hey, wait a minute. Like I could, I could get away with charging money for this mm-hmm. only if, you know, one or two batches out of 10, let's yeah, say, but yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, there's hope. And at that point, like I was going to school to be a teacher. I was, I was a high school teacher. That's what I did before I switched over to, uh, to brew and beer. And around that time I got a teaching placement in Prince Rupert. I walked into wheelhouse brewing, uh, in Prince Rupert and said, Hey, you know, I'm here for, for a short teaching placement. I understand you guys have a volunteer night where people can come in and, and do some work for you for free beer or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm a home brewer and I had brought some home brew with me and I was like, here, try this, you know, like, what do you think? And they tried it and they're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Why don't you show up on volunteer night? And I did. And I guess over the course, it was only three weeks I was up there, but over the course of those three weeks, I was able to show them that I knew a little bit more than perhaps their average volunteer did. Yep. And so they said, Hey, we understand you might be coming up here for a permanent teaching job. If you do that, 
you have a brewing job as well. Okay. So I went down to Vancouver and I told some of the people closest to me and they're like, dude, (laughs) there's nowhere in the, in the province right now you can find teaching work. And you just walked into a brewery and suggested you work for them. And they said, yes, like that doesn't happen. You have to go to Prince Rupert. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did. Right. And you haven't taught since. Well, no, I taught for three years in Prince Rupert. That was... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I kept my real job for as long as I could. Right. But uh, slowly over the course of those three years, uh, I came to realize that while the Wheelhouse guys are an incredible group of guys and working with them gave me you know, it, unbelievable experiences in the industry, mm-hmm. I wasn't really going to be happy until I had kind of my own operation. Right, right. And so I started looking at the North because I also like, you know, being a tree planter and then living in the North, I'd kind of fallen in love with it up here. I'm like, well, what's the only town left that can support a brewery doesn't yet have one. And here we are. Here we are in Smithers. I'm in conversation with Cam at Smithers Brewing Company. Just wanted to take a moment to say I was very excited to visit Northern British Columbia. But given that this was my first time, I wondered where to begin. So I followed the BC Ale Trail. At bcaletrail.ca, you'll find the newly launched Ale Trail for Northern BC, where you'll not only get suggestions for what breweries you should visit, but also pubs, local restaurants, and other activities the area has to offer. While on the website, you'll find a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar with great beer events, and a blog featuring the stories of BC's craft beer scene. So whether you're planning a visit or being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty. Leave inspired at bcltrail.ca. And thanks so much for supporting this episode, guys. All right, let's jump back into it. My conversation with Cam at Smithers Brewing Company. So now how did uh, your business partners get involved then? Yeah, so Blaine and Aiden are the two main partners I'll talk about. Sasha is, was very instrumental to all this happening. He is has taken a little bit more of a hands-off approach. So it really did begin with Blaine and Aiden. And I wish they were here because they could tell this story uh, better than I could. And they are really more responsible for this than anyone else. But Aiden was, is a part owner and bar manager, general manager rather at, uh, at Boston pizza in town and Blaine. And before that he was a sales rep for Red Bull and Molson. And Blaine was also a sales rep for, for Molson and now works for tourism, Northern BC. Mm -hmm. And they've been friends forever. That's the most important part. They've been Mm -hmm. friends for a long, long time. And I, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but they just, you know, wouldn't it be really cool to open a brewery in Smithers? There's no real cultural hub in Smithers that also, you know, serves booze. <laughs> and, uh, and so they got talking and I'm, I'm not sure what the conversations looked like or exactly who was involved at this point. I just know there's Blaine and Aiden, two really good guys who are also very business savvy, very marketing savvy and very well connected in town mm-hmm. wanted to do this. Through Blaine's job with Northern Tourism BC, he gets to travel around Northern BC, look at all the cool spots and, you know, try and promote them and try and bring important people into them. And one of those in Prince Rupert was Wheelhouse Brewing. So he was talking with the head brewer at Wheelhouse, Craig, and uh, just saying, yeah, you know, I'm kind of looking at maybe doing what you did here in Rupert. I'm I'm looking at maybe starting a brewery. And Craig's like, oh, have you met Cam? That's all he talks about. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, Blaine and I, you know, we shook hands and, and discussed some specifics. And it was, it was only a few weeks later that, that the three of us, Blaine and Aiden and myself, sat down and discussed our, our vision for a brewery. And, you know, as it turned out, it was pretty much identical what we were looking to do. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, again, shook some hands and some, made some informal agreements. And the next thing I knew I was, you know, I was being shown schematics for the place and being shown, you know, 2000 square feet, uh, of production space that 
they were looking at me like, well, what do you, what do you want in here? And um, at this point, I should probably also bring up that there's uh, there's another person very heavily involved in this. His name is Aiden Sheridan. He used to work for Bomber. He's Aiden Bennett's brother-in-law. We started this project at a time where I had never worked on a massive commercial system. Wheelhouse was using a three and a half barrel system that was, you know, more or less an upjumped homebrew system. Yep. And so the idea of designing a back of house like this would have been, it would have been impossible for me, not, not just daunting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Aiden Sheridan took the reins in a lot of ways, um, and dealt directly with a lot of the people who, who made the equipment that you're looking at right now. I I know. And I mean like this, (laughs) I think this is actually my first episode I've actually taped in the brew house. Oh, nice. So yay. Um, but it is immediately like, I've seen a lot of brew houses and this is so well laid out. There's tons of space to actually work which is kind of a luxury in some places uh, in the province. Oh my. <laughs> There's a few breweries that come to mind, but uh, what are, what are we looking at here? Uh, what's the size of the brew house and who made it? Um, so this uh, it's pretty much all of our brewing equipment has been made by a specific mechanical down in Victoria. Yep. Uh, we wanted to go local with it. We wanted to go a BC manufacturer if we could mm-hmm. for a whole host of reasons. One is just nice to go local, but the other is if anything goes wrong, it's really nice to have, people in the same time zone to, to troubleshoot yeah. with. Yeah. And they can get up here relatively quickly. That's so, right. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, so it's a steam fired system. Uh, I guess its official designation is 10 barrels, but our government likes us to speak in hectoliters. So yeah. uh, I can get, if I push it, I can get about 13 hex out of one brew. Right. The, the fermenters, the cellar itself, for the most part, uh, was manufactured in China and then warranted and certified by specific mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's just price point. A lot of breweries do that. They get yep. their, their, you know, actual brew house from a North American manufacturer because you know, we had has to meet North American standards, but tanks just have to hold pressure and liquid. And so it's yep. less important that they're uh, North American made. And then one of my favorite things about this brew house is we've got the, uh, the little alpha Ruby, one barrel electric system. I know. So that, I can get about 130 liters out of that. And we've got two little um, SS Brewtech mm-hmm. uh, unit tanks. And so that allows me not only to do some very cool experimental stuff that maybe not might not sell super well up in the north if we did a full batch, mm-hmm. but also if it does, it's a 10 to 1 scaling factor oh, yeah, to yeah. do a big batch of it. Yeah. And so then on that note, then uh, with opening the brewery, what are some of the beer styles that you tend to focus on here? Well, see, this is, um, this is just product of living in the North. I love living in the North and it's, it's so amazing for so many reasons, mm-hmm. but beer diversity is something that all breweries up here struggle with. Yeah. I personally, I like weird beer. I mm-hmm. like doing yeah. weird stuff. I like sours. I like Brett. I like barrel aged and I like barrel aged Brett Sours. So Mm -hmm. all of those things are, you know, that it's like you're speaking Greek to the average beer drinker in the North. And so we had to come out of the gates fairly conservative and also try and balance that with pushing people a little bit. Pushing is not the right word, educating people a little bit as to like the diverse styles of beer out there. So, I mean, shockingly enough, our best selling beer is our last cast lager. Mm -hmm. It's a Munich Hellas. Mm -hmm. Um, I became very familiar with Munich Hellas when I was over there yep. uh, for Oktoberfest uh, a few years love ago. The Hellas, oh. proper, proper, proper Hellas. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like it's a sweeter beer, right? Yeah. You know, Pilsners are typically super bitter. Well, not super bitter, but they're the most bitter on the light lager spectrum. And yeah. I kind of like sweeter beers. So, plus, nobody in the north was was really doing a Hellas when mm-hmm. we were kind of deciding on our beer list and. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I mean, geographically, we're all spread out, but the North is quite small mm-hmm. uh, population-wise. And so, you know. And I think a theme uh, fits in because when I was driving in, I noticed the yodeler on the uh, sign for Smithers. So there's there you go, a little little local tie-in. Absolutely. There's a, there's a big German slash Austrian slash Swiss population, and they're all kind of in you know, Southern Germany and Austria. They like their sweeter beers. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I thought about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, our, our light lager is, is far and away our best seller. We have a Northwest style pale ale, an English style brown, and mm-hmm. a New England style India session ale. Right. Um, those are our four mainstays. And, right. you know, they're very approachable. They're, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I don't want to call them conservative, but they're certainly not experimental. The weirdest thing about them is the, is that it's an India session ale instead of an India pale ale, and mm-hmm. it's New England style instead of Northwest. Yeah. And that's just, I'm, don't like the idea that if we put an IPA on mainstay, I'd have to brew it the same way each time. We do have an IPA. It rotates in and out. It's called Scatterbrain, and it's called Scatterbrain because I never want to brew it the same way twice. Right. Okay. Um, but the ISA, we try and keep pretty consistent. All right, cool. So then uh, how long have you guys been open then? <sighs> how, how long ago was was June 27th? Not that long ago. 10, 10 weeks or so? Yeah, yeah, not that long ago. About 10 weeks. All right. So what's the reception been like um, since you guys been open? Uh, overwhelming overwhelming. Uh, this is a community that really supports its own. And we knew that before we opened, but we never thought it would look like this. It's been, and that's quite a large tasting room you have out the front. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're still working on some capacity parameters with the government. We need them to uh, check a few more boxes, but, um, it can hold 95. Right. And, you know, like there are more than that. There have been nights when more people than that have wanted to try and like try yeah. and come in and we've had to turn people away. And there's people like, this is a town of about 5,500, 6,000 people. People aren't used to waiting in line and people aren't yeah. used to like full house shows and stuff. And yeah. they're like, like what's going on here? Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's great to hear. Oh, it's, it's been great. I, the, the flip side of that, uh, from a production side of things is that, um, I have to keep those mainstays that I just mentioned mm-hmm. in in stock, which yeah. has been like I haven't. I haven't been able to do it. Um, right. You're looking at 80 barrels of cellar space right here. Yeah. That 80 barrels has been full consistently since we opened. And, and, and that's only 10 weeks, right? And so, that's right. Yeah. And we haven't been able to keep all of our beer in stock. If you noticed out there, our, our ISA isn't on tap right now. Yeah. Uh, Wheelhouse Brewing saved the day. They sent us a couple kegs of IPA as a stopgap until our ISA is ready. Right. So it, it's back here. It's been a mad scramble. And then it's festival season too. So, I mean, that's festival season. And, you know, um, even, even though I, I put a lot of my time into being back here, I have to get away too. I went to a friend's wedding very recently and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you come back from those weekends when you're away and you just look at the beer supply and you're like, oh, okay. All right. I got a big week ahead of me here. Right. So, I mean, what have been the biggest challenges for you opening here in the North? Uh, certainly logistics, Yeah, getting like shipping is insane. Oh yeah. Shipping kills us. You know, uh, there's only, there's pretty much one road in and out of here, right? There's so. one road in and out and it's a long way from Vancouver where all of the warehouses that have grain and hops are. Yeah. It's also a long way to the lower mainland where the, you know, majority of the people in this province are Yeah, really just being as isolated as we are poses some significant challenges. We're not packaging yet. Uh, we got it. We have a canner coming very shortly. And mm-hmm. the running joke is that we don't have any beer to put in it. So oh, yeah. we no, just that's... bought ourselves a very expensive paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, as, um, uh, episode four, I believe it was with uh, Jordan at Steel and Oaks that he's like, there's no greater way to drain your beer supply than put a canning line in. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
absolutely. But um, once we do start canning and once, you know, hopefully demand sort of levels out and we know how much we can put in the cans, like we, we would love to ship to the South. I mean, we just came from Great Canadian Beer Fest in Victoria and people's responses to the beer was overwhelming. And one of the biggest questions we got was where can we get this or when can we get this? And you know, I don't, I, I feel bad telling them the truth. It's like, maybe never, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, we have some thirsty people in our town. We so, have thirsty yeah. people in our towns. And, and also every kilometer that you ship your beer away from your brewery is like money that you're spending to get it somewhere to the point where you might not even actually make any money on your beer once it's in Victoria. Yeah, because you still need to price it with everybody else that's down in that region. So, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I, I didn't say never to anyone, but I just said, don't hold your breath. <laughs> right, right. So then like we have a bit of room here. So like you've only been open 10 weeks, but you got to be thinking about the next step here because you have the canning line coming in. Um, are there going to be more tanks in this space eventually? So there's a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago at about the seven week mark. We were having conversations that we figured wouldn't happen for at least a year. Right. Uh, we've already ordered three more tanks. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we've ordered another 20 barrel fermenter, another 10 barrel fermenter and another 20 barrel bright. Right. Which you like all, all of us are just, you know, we're sitting down and we might have to completely rewrite our business plan here because this, this demand is insane. And yeah. I, I say demand, what I mean to say is support the support from the yeah. community is insane. Yeah. And, uh, we, we won't be able to keep up and, you know, all of the business goals that we've set are kind of no longer relevant, Yeah, yeah. uh, you know, because we are ordering these tanks almost Mm -hmm. a full year earlier than we expected to. Well, what is absolutely amazing to hear. And I'm so happy to hear that in such a small community, because this is, this is my first time in Northern BC and like, yeah. And I mean, it's your drive. It was a long drive in from Prince George today. And to have that support from your community, I mean, that's just amazing that you're, no offense, like in the middle of nowhere and, <laughs> and you're able to sell beer and now you've had to expand in your first 10 weeks. So, I mean, congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. And no offense taken. I mean, many of us actively choose to live in the middle of nowhere. Well, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I, I loved my time down in Victoria and Vancouver. I'm not a big city guy, so, yeah. hey, you know, I, I if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am one of those people who actively chooses to be in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. be, because and because many of us are here, we know how good beer can be. We've yeah. spent a lot of time in Vancouver, and even like to get out of Smithers, if you're flying, you have to go through Vancouver. Yeah. Um, all the big concerts are in Vancouver. If you have any real doctor's appointments, you're going down to Vancouver. So all of us know what's out there. And our goal as Smithers Brewing Company was to bring a little bit of that quality of product and quality of tasting room and experience up to the north. So you don't have to spend $500 in plane tickets to, yeah. to sit in a decent tasting room. Yeah. So we're talking expansion plans. Do you have uh, any uh, kind of uh, plans in the works to use local ingredients? And what would be some local ingredients here that you could get in the Smithers area to like incorporate into the beer? Yeah, Absolutely. Well, like I said, I like weird beer. Yeah. And uh, the, the question of like what styles you've been brewing, I sort of stopped at our mainstays. But we like we've got an uh, an eight tap system. Well, it's a ten tap system, but we do kombucha on one, and we bring in a cider on the other. So there are only eight beers there, and you got four mainstays. But that that gives us four taps to really have some fun with. And and like I said, I like making weird beers. So um, we we do a strawberry rhubarb pie beer mm. that has proven extraordinarily popular. 
And strawberries don't grow super well up here, but rhubarb grows everywhere. Right. And so we, we just, um, within a few weeks of opening, we did a pilot batch of it and the pilot batch disappeared. And so like, okay, I guess we're going to have to do a full, you know, full 13 hex of this stuff. And we just put a call out, a really quiet call. It was, it was, it wasn't even in fact an official Smithers Brewing Company call. It was just, um, my partners and, and their, you know, their romantic partners, uh, were just kind of said to some friends, Hey, like we're looking for some rhubarb mm-hmm. to put into a big batch of that strawberry rhubarb stuff. And then it was like overnight, we had the 120 pounds that we needed. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So okay. All right. And then people were like, "Do you still need more?" Like, no, 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 no. That's good. Yeah. That's- I'll wash it for you. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It was washed and it was cut up. And all right. No, it was amazing. Um, we have partnered. There are a couple of folks uh, who live just outside of Telqua who are just getting an apiary going. Right. They're, right. they're beef farmers. Yeah. Uh, Bulkley Valley Honey, and we have partnered with them. And so our uh, our Sunset Summer Ale which is a Belgian style farmhouse with local wild wildflower honey. Mm-hmm. We get that honey from them. Awesome. See what else? There are Haskat berries around here. Haskat berries are sort of like big blueberries. And I know that's not doing them the justice that they deserve, but mm-hmm. if, if you've never had one, I'd recommend you, you seek one out. Okay. They can, be, they can be pretty tart. Mm-hmm. They work very, very well in a sour. And we've been in touch with some farmers who are interested in providing us with Haskat berries. So I'd love to do a Haskat sour. All right. Spruce beers are pretty popular in the North. Now, the only reason I, I haven't done a spruce beer is, uh, as I mentioned, I worked for Wheelhouse and their most popular beer, bar none, is uh, a spruce pale ale that they do called Scurvy Dog. And it's a wonderful beer. Uh, so I, I'm a little hesitant to do a spruce beer myself for two reasons. The the first is the north is small, so everybody knows I came from Wheelhouse, and yeah. I don't want to seem like I'm. I'm you, you took know, the recipe book I'm, out the door with you. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And the second, truthfully, is uh, Craig is an excellent brewer, and I'm not sure that I could make a spruce beer better than he can. So. All right. <laughs> and so, if somebody was to come to Smithers, uh, what would be some uh, local tips that you could give people to check out in terms of uh, what they can experience here while they're uh, visiting you guys? Well, I definitely say come to the brewery, um, but I'm a little biased. And go go to Bulkley Valley Brewing as well. We're we're absolutely blessed in that we have two microbreweries for a town of six thousand people. You know, like the you wouldn't think the math adds up, but it does. This is a thirsty town, and right. it has no trouble sustaining two breweries. So, every other town along the Highway 16, with the exception of Prince George, which is a big city, yeah. only has one brewery, and we have two. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can you, the, the beer selection here is is pretty good. I'm fairly new to Smithers. I only moved here in the early spring, but I will say that the hiking around here is incredible. Uh, we have some very uh, beautiful mountain ranges. We've got the Telquas and we've got the Babines and we've got the Hazeltons all within striking distance. And they're all very accessible because this was a huge logging area. So there've been lots of logging roads up into places where you can hit the Alpine pretty easily. Mm-hmm. If you're into water sports, we have a, a lot of people do stand up paddle boarding and kayaking on the lakes and the rivers around here. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just just do something outdoors. This is all the summertime. I'm not much of a winter sports guy, and I know that makes me it's an unpopular uh, unpopular opinion around here. Yeah. Um, but we also have a ski hill right outside the brewery. Like you can see it from the brewery's patio. Um, right. uh, and we're we're in a, a valley, but it's a wide valley, and so there are lots of flat areas if you're into cross country skiing and snowshoeing as well. Like, right. Just the outdoors is the short answer. Oh, and, and fishing. Apparently, we're the steelhead capital of Canada. So there we go. All right. And if somebody was wanting to go down this path themselves, uh, what would be some advice you could give them of opening their own brewery? Oh, man. Don't do it for the money. Yeah. yeah. 
don't do it for the money every once in a while. I'm like, ah, man, I do miss my, you know, teaching salary and pension and benefits and yep. summer's off. And yep. oh yeah, don't do it for the holidays either. Yeah. Uh, summer is your busiest time. Yeah. Do it, do it because you love it. Do it because you can't not do it. Mm-hmm. That was the situation I was in, in, in Prince Rupert. I would teach during the day and I would go in and I'd brew beer at wheelhouse in the evenings. And then the weekend would roll around and all I'd want to do is get you know, fire up my homebrew equipment and try out the next few ideas that I had. It got to a point where uh, I would have, I had a, a huge cellar of beer, you know, I'd probably 150 bottles of beer downstairs mm-hmm. in, at our place uh, in Prince Rupert. And I would just have Prince Rupert over and just right. say, hey guys, I, at the time, um, Donald Trump was campaigning and he was promising to drain the swamp as it were. Right, and, right. Uh, that's as political as this is going to get, but yeah, yeah. I would have drain the swamp parties of my own where Sweet. I'd, I'd have people over yeah. just to drink the beer, to clear the bottles out so that I could put more beer in bottles. Like yeah. it was, um, I'm sure I was due for an intervention. The only reason that there wasn't one is I, I started getting paid to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so if you have that level of, of commitment and passion, uh, absolutely start a brewery because if you're like me, you won't be happy until you do. Right. But beyond that, just, just be prepared for how much work it actually is. Yeah. Like you said, you just came back to a list that didn't shrink while you were away. So the, the list doesn't shrink even while I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to, I mean, it's anybody who started their own business. There's no one who started their own business and been like, Oh yeah. And my workload decreased and I'm not stressed at all and everything. But, yeah. but yeah, with beer making, it's, it's so different from homebrew. Yeah. It's so different from home brewing and you can be a very passionate and very well accomplished home brewer, mm-hmm. but you would hate trying to do this on a, on a big scale. Yeah. And so, um, I guess my advice would be get some commercial experience when your neck isn't on the line first, don't go straight from home brewing into running your own brewery. Um, I put wheelhouse's reputation at stake (laughs) for a while and, uh, and that was the right way to do it. Um, and I, I can't thank them enough for, for the opportunity that they gave me. And last, uh, don't just give beer to your friends. Like if you, if you've got beer that you're proud of and your friends know you're proud of it, they're not going to tell you the truth unless it is an astounding beer. Uh, but otherwise people are going to, People are going to say, oh, this is really good um, until they have to start paying for it and they're not your friends. Yeah. Right. And uh, so that would be my advice as well is if you're, you're a home brewer and you've got beer that you're, you're very proud of, enter it into competitions because judges are being paid to judge. Yeah. And, and you get feedback on that. Absolutely. Too. And give it to people you don't know super well who you know don't owe you anything. And yeah. if the feedback's still coming back really well, you might have something on your hands there. Well, thank you so much, Cam, for your time. Hey, thanks for coming. It's been lovely. Thank you so much to Cam for his time. I mean, it's a great, beautiful brewery. And, you know, it's a really lovely town, too. So I highly recommend that you check it out. And if you want to know what you can do while you're visiting Smithers, don't forget to check out the BC Ale Trail at bcaletrail.ca. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave us a review wherever you found us. It really helps us as well as your subscription. So please hit subscribe in your podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow this podcast series, you can do so by going to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer, or on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. For more information and to follow the podcast series as well, you can head to Cascadian.beer. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. And until next time, remember, support your local.